Welcome to Entertainment Source Interviews. This podcast covers interviews with people of interest, including celebrities and celebrity profiles. I am your host, Mary Jensen. Nashville singer-songwriter and LGBTQ advocate Sarah Peacock is gearing up to release her new album, Burn the Witch, on March 27th. Peacock raised 45 k to make this album, and it has been a long, intense campaign. This is her eighth album. She has a rabid fan base and has played over 2,800 shows. Burn the Witch comes from a period of self-discovery and personal crisis that culminated into an enthralling collection of songs that showcase Peacock's incredible vocal artistry and immeasurable talents as a songwriter. Here is a clip of the title track. Welcome, Sarah Peacock. Thank you for joining me on this episode. Oh, thank you for having me. This is an amazing must-hear album, and we want to hear all about it. But let's first talk about some of your earlier works. So Burn the Witch is your eighth album. How did you get started as a musician, and what led you to recording of your live debut album in 2011? Well, as a kid, I always knew that I wanted to be... Uh, a singer-songwriter. I grew up in the church, and I listened to a lot of um, contemporary Christian music. We weren't allowed to listen to anything else. So one of the artists that really inspired me early on was Amy Grant. Uh, it's kind of like hard to believe that I would say Amy Grant, but it's true. Um, so I, you know, she was just a, a big inspiration to me. She was kind of the bee's knees, um, you know, and the, the genre of music that I was allowed to listen to. And, um, you know, I kind of just always knew really young um, as a kid. So I, I grew up playing piano. I grew up playing in church youth groups. Um, I taught myself how to play guitar, um, started writing songs when I was, you know, 11 or 12 or so. And then wow. I went to Belmont University when I was 18 and I decided it was going to major in music. So that's what I did. And I hit the road as soon as I could, as soon as I could, as soon as I possibly could. Couldn't wait to, to get out there and, um, and play music. But, um, um, so my debut record, uh, was actually 
uh, it's, it's actually called Straight for Your Heart, and it was released in 2009 oh, okay. on an indie label um, out of Nashville, and that was my first record. Um, and in between that record and the 2011 live record, um, there was a huge legal battle for the rights to my music and my publishing, and I was in the process of getting out of a very abusive relationship with uh, with that label entity. And the live at Eddie's Attic 2011 release was actually kind of a celebration of getting out of uh, that whole situation of that, that whole contract being dissolved and finally being able to release and record music again. So that's kind of the... the the 411 on, on that. <laughs> okay, so um, maybe that's why I didn't see that album like on iTunes or anything, the 2009. Um, it's up there, Is actually. it? I must have I missed it. See, no matter how much research I do, I miss something. <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah, so I'll have to check back for that one. But So that was released on your own label, you said. The 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 2009 release was actually released on a label, right? But the and then the 2011, yes, the 2011 was on was on my own. Yeah, and then yeah. your next albums were too. Is that right? The uh, live from Red Clay and Albuquerque Sky were those your? Yes, that's correct. Um, all of those were released under my own label entity. Well, that's pretty good, like, right off the bat, you know, um, having your own label and stuff. Because I, I find that so interesting, you know, when musicians produce on their own label, with, you know, when you're doing your songwriting and performing, and you do it all, you know. And so from there, what led you to signing with a label? Because you did sign after that for a while, is that right? Yeah, um, I... I signed with a label in 2016. Um, it was late fall 2016, and the the label manager was a, a friend of mine, and we had just you know we just developed a friendship, and he was having some good success with another artist, and um, it was it was kind of a a thing where I thought maybe it would help me elevate my career at the time. And um, I had just come off of a, a very grueling couple of months on the road and having been independent for several years, I was ready to try something different. I think, um, you know, I stopped being so overprotective of my music and my songs and, you know, not as gun shy, um, you know, with that friendship. And I, I sort of, I just thought, you know, why not? You know, let's give it a try. So I, I signed with them in 2016 and put out two projects for the label. Um, okay, so we definitely need to talk about the Melissa Etheridge cruise. So, yes. like I said, I was on that cruise. I've been on all of them, actually. So. Oh, nice. And we're going on the next one. So, yeah, I'm kind of a Melissa fan, you know. Oh, kind of, huh? <laughs> kind of, a little bit. So, um, so for our listeners, Sarah was on 
one of the Melissa's special guests. Oh, see, I'm going to have to edit that too. So, Sarah was one of Melissa's special guest artists who performed last March on the third Melissa Etheridge cruise. So I was blown away, and I've been a fan ever since. Now, how did that opportunity come to light for you? Well, there was actually a, I believe it was a competition um, where artists could submit through oh, right. Sixth Man, which is... They, they produced the cruise for Melissa, mm -hmm. and you could, you could submit through Six Man, and they had a competition called Soundcheck. Yeah. Okay. And so I made the top ten finals, and then I made the top five finals, and then uh, from there, uh, I made, made the, the final selection and got voted onto the boat, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I totally forgot about that, because I know, like, she... You know, she lines up some some musicians, and then I forgot she did the sound check. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that you got voted on like that. Yeah. So wicked. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't even imagine like how psyched you must have been. I was so psyched. <laughs> so, what was your overall experience like on the cruise? Yeah, it was wonderful. Um, it was busy. You know, I think when you <laughs> When you first get on board, it's just sensory overload and just music 24-7 going on. It's amazing. Everybody's having fun, mm -hmm. you know, relaxing, having more fun, listening <laughs> to music. And, um, you know, my sets were predetermined prior to uh, departure. So I had, you know, the sets that I was supposed to play on board. And there were a couple of days off, you know, in there between and what what's funny is is that when you when you're on board for a couple of days you start making friends and all the other artists go oh my gosh you know we love you we think you're cool and you know i'm going oh my gosh i think you're amazing and so <laughs> we're all kind of collaborating and sitting in on each other's sets so those few days off turned into jumping around to everyone's sets you know like and just just, just going, just going for it. Like we, uh, we had a great time. We really, really did. It was, uh, it was, it was amazing. And, and I had never been to some of the stops that we were going to on the cruise too. So it was kind of neat to see some of the local culture and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I loved it. You know, mostly just getting to know other artists and, and collaborating and that kind of thing. Um, there's, it's just, it's magic. Um, when you get, when you get in that kind of atmosphere, it's, it's contagious and, mm -hmm. uh, very inspirational. So it's, it was incredible. I'd love to do it again. Yeah. I mean, like me being on the cruises too, it is, it's magical. So I can't even imagine like, it must be even more magical for, you know, being, being able to, perform up on the stage and with Melissa and all the other musicians and it's just it's a whole nother world um on that ship and 80s night that was the best I oh think. that was so, so much dope. fun I love 80s night <laughs> yeah because I've interviewed a couple other people uh, Melissa Crispo and oh and I saw her in your video too for um burn the witch that you had um 
Maddie on the drums from Flight of Fire, which, well, Storm's just now. And, um, was it Tia you had playing guitar? Or I, yeah, Tia and Tanya. Tia and Ta- yeah, those girls are awesome, too, aren't they? They're fun. Oh, they're great. So, you yeah. know, they're, they're going to be touring with me quite a bit this year for my record release tour. And mm-hmm. I, I loved meeting them on the cruise and, um, you know, we hit it off. So their band flight of fire kind of dissolved mm-hmm. last year after the cruise. And it kind of put them in a really cool place to take on some new projects, which I mean, that was kind of to my benefit, you know? Um, and I kind of scooped them up and I was like, Hey girl, you know, you have some time, you you want to talk about maybe going on tour, doing some dates together, and, you know, as my backing band, and they were like, yeah, absolutely, so um, that's kind of how that whole thing came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I did, you know, I talked with them here and there, too, and they were totally psyched to be touring with you, and because I know they were in Nashville with you for a little while, too, and yeah, yeah they're super excited about it, too, so just... Um, so, yeah, and actually, oh, well, we'll talk about, because I have another podcast, too, but we'll talk about that sure. one later. So um, let's go back now to 2016, and when you were on a four-month tour when your bus caught fire, right, and it destroyed everything in it? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. old chestnut. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was extremely tough time and discouraging, to say the least. And you yeah. had, yeah, you had said that 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 was a turning point in your career, though. So please share how this experience connects with the new album. Yeah, you know, I think at that point when the bus was burning down and I I just, I had 12 years invested into this career and I just didn't think I had it in me to keep going you know I I was ready to call it quits with music altogether and just find something else um the bus for me was significant in a lot of ways I think as a young artist just starting out years ago I'd always dreamed of getting my own bus and I had one finally so there was that dream that was dying there was the dream that um uh, you know, that I could have like a, a, a safe, you know, home on the road, um, and kind of like just have a sanctuary, you know, and a little bit of separation between all of this traveling and, and constantly, you know, being in front of people and having like a, a space that was my own out there, you know, that was gone. And I think that the bus represented a lot to me. Um, emotionally spiritually um and just to watch it burn like that was was tragic it was uh it was one of the most difficult moments of my my adult life Mm -hmm. hands down for sure um losing a lot of my my assets you know um gear merch personal belongings, things like that, being stranded in the middle of really nowhere at the beginning of a tour, um, losing the income potentially, not having transportation to get to the the shows that had been booked, and 
um, yeah, I was just done, you know, you just, I can't, I just didn't want to keep going, you know, I can remember walking into this Roach Motel across the street from the truck stop, and, you know, like, we were covered in soot from head to toe, I mean, we, we were hauling things in that were salvageable, like, in trash bags, and I just remember the front desk person at this motel just being so grossly unconcerned with our appearance and like any normal person would look at us and go, Oh my gosh, are are you okay? Like, you know, and so just, it just solidified the fact that just how lonely it was and how isolating it was and how defeating it was, you know, just, you know, it just really, it really, I just, I didn't want to keep going, honestly. And the way that it shaped out, um, after the fire kind of, it kind of blew my mind. So a couple of days went by and I was trying to figure out logistics and that kind of thing. You know, when you go through a disaster and you kind of have to, it's just kind of a blur and you kind of have to figure it out as you go. And I started getting phone calls and, you know, people were trying to send me gear and, um, somebody had posted a fundraiser, started a fundraiser on, on Facebook. And like, I guess in my own little tribe, it went sort of viral. And then, um, within three or four days, I had about 10 grand, which kind of helped offset some of the cost of losing the bus and everything like that. Um, there wasn't any like insurance that, for the bus either. So it was, it was all just a total loss. And, um, but so the, the, the money and, and just people coming together, my, my friends and other musician, uh, colleagues were sending me, um, gear. Someone mailed a sound system, I think. And somebody sent like clothes and jackets and, um, I got like guitar strings and cables and, you know, a microphone and tuners and, you know, stuff that you need to keep going and and do what you do. Um, And I was just kind of blown away how my tribe just came together um, for me and they showed up. And in that moment of uh, just wanting to give up and, and, and all that, it was amazing to, to see and to feel that energy um, saying, Oh no, you don't. You know, yeah. we believe in you and music matters and what you're doing is important and we believe in your mission and what you're doing and we don't want you to stop because we love you and we know you're born for this and to hear and feel all of that energy swarming around me was, I, I can't really explain it. It's really just kind of existential and spiritual um, really is the best way to describe it. I just... I knew, though, that people were talking to me and they were telling me something and that I needed to listen. Mm-hmm. So part of part of listening, the way I interpreted that was that I, I just, I had to keep going. I, I didn't, I couldn't give up. Like, I just, whatever I needed to do, I just needed to pick myself up and figure it out and just try to, try to move on and try to keep, you know, keep at it, you know, and, um, you know, build in a little bit of self-care and being kind to myself a long way too. But, um, you know, after the, the 
the fire and coming off of that tour, which we were able to finish because somebody gave me a motorhome to finish the tour, oh which God. still blows my mind, like, to this day. Like, yeah. somebody just came up to me after a show and said, I have this motorhome, I feel like I'm supposed to give it to you to finish it. I mean, just that, a stranger? that never happen, you know? So just all the stars were lining up. And yeah. um, I think coming off of that tour, I realized, okay, people are listening. This platform means something. And my message is important, and I need to be more focused on my, my delivery uh, of that. And I want to make an impact. And so, I mean, really, that, that just kind of fueled the fire. I mean, no pun intended, but yeah. <laughs> um, it, it did in a way for me to focus more on writing songs that that were really in alignment with who I am and, you know, authenticity, like in the process of that and, um, and really, uh, just, fo yeah, focusing on, on my message and, and all that. And they, it's, it's come full circle, you know, burn the witch, you know, it's, I feel like I'm wearing a social justice tiara now <laughs> <laughs> with this record release. But I don't, I, mean, I don't even care, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be, I love that I could be maybe a poster child for something like that, you know, like, these songs have a meaning, and, and people appreciate that, and so, you know, and it's my tribe, you know, everybody's so wonderful and, and loyal, and I'm, I'm really, really grateful that, that I have uh, a group of followers and a tribe that really will stick by me through anything and uh and show up it's it's amazing they raised like 50 grand for this record so um wow. <laughs> still i'm still kind of in disbelief it's been you know six months mm -hmm. since uh since we finished that campaign and it still blows me away i'm rambling sorry oh no that's <laughs> fine <laughs> it's it's a really interesting story and it's it's so heartwarming and it what an inspiration i mean you know, like you always see, everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, I can't really think of a reason why, you know, your van had to catch fire. But then I kind of do after I heard your whole story um, that, you know, how many people have pulled together to help you and a stranger gives you a motorhome to finish your tour. And, and this album is definitely it's full of inspiration powerful messages um you know and maybe that experience is what helped to like you said to help make the album the way it is is you know the messages that it sends and and stuff like that um so I mean, maybe that's the whole reason for it all. I don't know. <laughs> you know, does yeah, that make you know, sense? I, I believe mean, that things happen for a reason, and I think that you know we can uh, we can learn from from all those experiences. And I, I mean, I certainly have. Yeah. And um, you know what I have from that negative experience is a lot of positive that came from it you know mm -hmm. yeah I think that's uh, what I was trying to say like a lot of positive did come out of a, a really horrible thing you know a situation yeah 100% I mean it's uh my you know it's 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 cool you know to see um and to experience it in that way mm -hmm. in, in a you know positive light um you know, in hindsight, of course, um, 
I'm grateful and uh, I'm lucky, you know, I'm lucky. My, my partner ran on board and saved the dogs. They were on board and Ugh. nobody got hurt. We still have our lives, Yeah, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. You got through it and you came out on the other side with flying colors. So, and that's, that's good. Amen, sister. <laughs> so, um, can you share more, like, about the inspiration for the title track? I mean, like, why the song is so powerful. And I know, like, um, like the lyrics and the meaning relate to the Salem Witch Trials. Sure, yeah. Um, so, I mean, and that's kind of why, like, I really love that song, too. I mean, the lyrics are just you know, how it does relate to the Salem Witch Trials, and you were just so creative in how you expressed it in the song, you know, and at the beginning and the end when you do that cool thing there with your voice, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It just, like, pulls it all together, and it's I just love that song. So, oh, thanks. Yeah, so I don't know if you, like, want to, ex- like, kind of explain how the lyrics relate to your song and to like the way things are now in the world? Yeah, of course. Um, so I wrote that song with my friend Sheena Brooke and, um, and you know, Sheena came to, Sheena came to my house and, you know, we were writing, writing appointment. She said to me, I want to write a song called Burn the Witch. And I was just kind of like, okay, you know, um, what do you mean by that? So we were, we were kind of talking through it and um, did a little research on the Salem Witch Trials and decided we were just going to kind of uh, explore that. And what we, what we did was we wrote a song that told the story of the witch trials in hopes that people would read between the lines of the song because it means so much more. I mean, the song directly mirrors the past, you know, in correlation with present day um, and what's happening in our world and in our country um, in marginalized people groups. And, you know, mm-hmm. what happened with the Salem witch trials is that there was this, um, you know, fear mongering towards people who were different that didn't fit some kind of, you know, mold. And, um, that happens today. You know, we have women, we have people of color, you know, queer folk who are continually being delivered daily blows by the patriarchy. And I think that a song like Friend the Witch is, uh, very powerful because it, um, it doesn't, it doesn't lyrically come out and say and point any fingers, but it just, it's just, history is a good reminder and I think if we can all sit with that and read between the lines on this, I think it's, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty damn sobering if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Sheena and I both just had chills, you know, we finished writing it. We knew we had a good one in the can and it's funny. I almost didn't record the song and I'm glad I am glad my producer talked me into it um, because um, it turned out great. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about the record. Um, 
and uh, I'm excited that all this new material is so in line with, with who I am and what I'm all about, too. So that feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love how, how it relates, and I think everybody should hear that song. So, I mean, the album itself comes out March 27th, but Burn the Witch is a single available now, right? They can buy it on right. iTunes. So I think everybody should go to iTunes and listen to that song and and buy it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And absolutely. then you know, and you know, can also check out all her other albums are on there. And Sarah's new album will be coming out soon. And I know um you're gonna be doing a tour too coming up. Is that gonna start around the the time of the release of the album? Yeah, the tour is going to start, the tour is going to start in April and it's kind of, it's kind of going to go through most of the year, um, up until the fall. Mm -hmm. And like, where are you going to be touring? Like all over the country? Are you going out of the country? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly U.S. dates. Um, I, I've been doing uh, some international touring over these last couple of years. I, I don't have any plans to go overseas at the moment, but um, mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on the United States and hit up my, you know, my favorite markets and uh, try some new ones too. We have a, we have a great radio promoter who's putting together uh, some cool stuff and, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm headed to the Northeast and New England and oh, good. the Midwest and the, the <laughs> Southwest, Southeast, Northwest, California. Um, yeah. Yeah. All, those fr- all the frontier states like Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, Montana. Wow, that's exciting. And yeah. and so um, Stormstress is going to be on tour with you? Like, um, the just the twins. Oh, the twins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they'll be touring with me, uh, for quite a few of the dates. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I'm going to keep an eye out. And when you're up this way, um. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I can't wait. I'll be looking for it. So, um, so now I know many of the songs on the album send powerful messages. And I understand the track, The Cool Kids, comes from bullying in your school. Yeah. And um, someone got beat up just because they were gay. And and that's where the inspiration for the song came from? Well, the song is kind of, that, that particular line is not um, like a true autobiographical um situation but the song sent the sentiment of the song is autobiographical i was bullied in school relentlessly growing up mm-hmm. um and mostly middle school and elementary school um and i you know i sat down to write that song for my childhood memory of being bullied and teased in school growing up and you know i think as an adult i realized um you know, as I had to overcome the scars that the bullying left behind and find my voice in the world, that hurting people tend to hurt people. So, you know, it kind of gave me inspiration to write the song, The Cool Kids, you know, and 
you know, I really believe that everybody is a cool kid. And I think the cool kids, as we remember them, you know, in high school or middle school or whatever, they're just this figment of our imagination. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that um, everybody has something unique, a gift and a dream that they can use to be an agent of change in this world. And I think that that's really what it's all about. We need to learn to love each other better. We need to, you know, focus on empowering each other um, to carry that message of love forward, especially in our young people. So, um, you know, the song is very deeply personal to me um, and it really resonates with me because it came, you know, from my heart. It was a personal experience having been bullied in school. So, mm-hmm. um, I think we all have uh, have something like that in our past we can relate to in some way. Oh yeah, yeah, we had that at our school too, and you know, and unfortunately, it's still going on, and 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 is no need for it. But I mean, it's it's what happens. But um, yeah. and it's too bad that we can't change that right but so let's talk about the last song on the album hold me in the heart what does that song mean to you (laughs) that song i wrote with my friend lockwood bar and (laughs) we were sitting together at her house and we were not sure what we were going to write and she said she wanted to write kind of a a sweet love song and she was kind of going goo goo gaga over her boyfriend and and, uh we just started ripping out lines and it was a simple song that kind of came together and you know about an hour and a half or so and i finished it um at home on my own and um love her to death though i mean lockwood is a good friend and and we had a great time writing a song together. It's funny, I don't I don't write a lot of love songs. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I like the sad, heart-wrenching songs. <laughs> so to have a love song on the record is kind of, it's kind of um, off par for me a little bit. But I don't mind it, you know. My sister requested me to sing it at her wedding last August, so. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's a sweet love song, and I think it's a good rap for the project. Yeah. Yeah. As you were just talking now, I was just thinking, too, what how great that would be for a wedding song. So, I bet you a lot of people will end up using that. Yeah. That'd be cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, we talked about your tour. Um, <clears throat> now... Burn the Witch is such an amazing collection of songs written from the heart. And you kind of just talked about it, you know, some when we when you talked about the cool kids, um, for like the message you'd want to send to the world through your lyrics. Is there anything else you would like to add to that, you know, that message from the album as a whole? Um, I think the overall message is, really uh, shining a light on the underdog, on the marginalized communities. And um, if, if nothing else, I hope that people can listen to the record and hear that and find it within themselves to just love a little better that day or mm-hmm. be kind. <clears throat> you know, kindness is, kindness is, is key and it's a, it's a value that 
um, I think is kind of <laughs> underrated sometimes. Yeah, and now um, if they if they really listen to the lyrics to the song, and and then you know it might they will get that message. Hopefully, like you said, even if it's just for a day or. Um, I mean, and that's what I like about Melissa Etheridge, too, because she, you know, a lot of her, especially her newer music and stuff, she's trying to get that message out there and, you know, how she ends all her shows, like, you know, love. <laughs> it's, uh -huh. that's what it's about, you know, love always wins and so. It's true. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, especially now, it's even it's even more important than ever, I think. And mm -hmm. I hope that everybody does get that message. Did you have anything else that you would like to add um, to the interview? Or that's about... I don't think so. Thank you. About covered all the, we covered all the bases. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for talking with me. It was, yeah, absolutely. It was awesome. I really appreciate it. And so, yeah, I will keep an eye on your tour schedule and catch you at a show. That sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Entertainment Source Interviews is an Entertainment Source production. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and where you listen to your podcasts. You can follow Entertainment Source Interviews on Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to make a donation to our tip jar, you can find the link in the episode notes. Thanks for listening. Check out my other podcast, It's Just, Just a Ghost. A ghost.